Let us now go to Los Angeles where Liam McEnany is standing by. Working Class Fancy is the name of his comedy CD. And Liam, once a week, joins me to answer listener questions. Hello, Liam. Hey, David Feldman. How are you, sir? Well, it's been a while. It's been two weeks. It's been a couple weeks. Uh, you know, took some time off for Christmas to reflect, to absorb all the lessons that you've taught me over the past year. What did I teach you? Um, well, you, t- you taught me no matter how successful a man is, no matter how many awards he might win, his life is still going to be a mess. Ah, okay. So why count, you know, like why count your life progress by the external things when uh, when you can count it by your internal things? That's my that's my less, big life lesson from 2019. One lesson that Liam McEnany never learned is to stop making thumping sounds when he's on the David Feldman show. Where's your microphone? <laughs> it's on uh, It's on my table. Okay. It's on my coffee table. All right. By right, now and, it's uh, better. So you're back in was, Los Angeles. I'm you back sp- in L.A. Now, we spent Thanksgiving together. No, we didn't. We spent Thanksgiving on the phone together for an hour. Yes. But I didn't see you. And what did you do for Christmas? Were you in Los Angeles or were you in New York? I went to Vegas for a couple of days. Christmas. My friend. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that. My, I worked. Have you? Yeah, I, I worked the Excalibur. For, <laughs> Seriously? On, yeah, on Christmas Day. Yeah. It's great. Did you have to dress as a knight? I Yes, me lady. I most certainly <laughs> did. I mean, I know you normally like to dress as Gladys Knight, but I figured maybe Excalibur yeah. would uh, make you dress as a real knight was the difference. Now, let me ask you, are your windows open? No. You're in the same apartment, right? I'm in the same apartment. I'm using a little bit of a better microphone than, than is built into my uh, MacBook, so you might be getting a little more ambient sound. Yeah, so why is that better? Because uh, the sound is clear through this mic. Yeah, but we're getting all the the annoying noises as well. Do you want me to switch to the to the MacBook mic? I don't know. You know, this cold is making me cranky. We have listener questions that we're going to really because when we started talking, you had that real just like like laid back, just got laid quality to your voice. That's the cold. I feel like you might have just gotten laid. I have a cold. I mean, I also, uh, you know, like you weren't recording, but I heard you sending your girlfriend off in an Uber right before we started recording. Really? Yeah, you had the Uber driver on, on speakerphone, and I heard the whole conversation. Hmm. That's interesting. Some people might say it's rude to have a, have a speakerphone conversation when you're already on the phone with someone else. Uh-huh. I say it was an interesting peek into your life. Well, you know, your fantasy world for me is fascinating, Liam, so thank you. And if My fantasy is that you're getting laid? That's a terrible fantasy. I, God bless you for thinking that. <laughs> and, and how many women are coming up to my apartment? Uh, What's it just like? the one as far as I know. <laughs> I haven't met her yet. What, what do you envision that's going on? See, you keep avoiding me whenever I come to New York, so I haven't met your your new lady yet. But uh, I'm imagining, here's what I imagine, just judging by your taste in women I've seen so far, 
She's probably around your age. I'm going to guess dark hair, slender, uh, with a maybe Manhattan accent by way of Brooklyn childhood. Okay. That's that's my Sherlock Holmes is uh, on your on your on your girlfriend situation. Okay. Whatever your imagination is able to. Come How close up with. did I get? How close did I get? I don't know what you're talking about. But well, you, you have you, a girl. you seem to fa- you seem to think that uh-huh. that I have this this social life. Well, right before we started recording, you said uh, you were. We were talking about your girlfriend, so I thought maybe. Yeah. Uh, were you lying to me? Are you like pathological? What's What's wrong with you? <laughs> Just like yes. You're you're. Uh... Why don't you share your happiness with your listeners, David? You share all your misery with them. Okay. Share a little bit of the good. The good in your life. Okay. I mean, they had to hear about your storage facility for a year. Why not? Why not say like, "Oh, things." My life is my life is coming to a close on a happy note. How's your love life? Since you seem to be projecting this fantastic sex life on me. Well, let's just say uh, it's going so well. I'm interested in David Feldman's love life. We can leave it at that. Well, actually, I think the police have discovered your last lover. <laughs> I do live down the street from a Catholic girls' school, so. Uh, do you really? I actually do, yeah. I live down the hill from a Catholic girls' school. What was uh, Vegas like on Christmas Vegas Day? Vegas was great. My um, my friends own a, a salon called the Atomic Style Lounge, and it's a 1950s-themed hair salon. Is that downtown Vegas where the artsy-fartsy people are hanging out these days? Yeah, hipster Vegas. That's where they are. Uh, and did we talk so, about this before? Or did I read about it? I told you about my friend's salon before. Oh, but okay. This was, but they had a big Christmas party. They had a jazz trio. Wow. They had uh, they had a uh, uh, like burlesque show. Uh, everyone was dressed up nicely, like you know, in suits or. This is uh, for Christmas or New Year's. For Christmas. Uh. And it was just like a kind of like a fifties, late fifties, early sixties Vegas themed, mm-hmm. uh, cool people. Yeah, you I know, was standing there and I was like, oh my god, I am, I am a hipster, aren't I? There's yeah. no escaping it. Yeah, Fuck. yeah, you're a hipster in that everybody hates you. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> you are universally despised. I guess uh, I, I've been told that you can choose now to be a hipster, that it's a style. It is a style. In the 90s, I was just kind of thrust into it because they were the only people I found interesting. Mm-hmm. But now if you wear a beard and flannel and a beanie, you are pretty much can say you're a hipster. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, uh, and I, I rented a suite at the Delano and I took an hour long bath I had an amazing holiday in Vegas. What is the Delano? It's uh sounds it's like a, a cookie that Pepperidge Farm makes. It's a it's a casino hotel that is owned by the MGM, and basically the MGM owns the Excalibur and the Delano and another like kind of uh, hotel in that in that area. I see. And uh, and who do they like, cater to? 
Tourists. But what kind of tourist? Asians and fat Americans. Okay. It's a lot of, let's just say I saw more than one mobility scooter when I was there. Yeah. Yeah. And me. <laughs> the mobility scooters. Yeah. You know, the mobility scooters are just like, God, like they're, <laughs> they're the night steeds that are being ridden into the end of the American empire. The white steeds. Yes. It's like we're, we're riding them into the sunset of America. These are the people who come to Vegas. They're on a, a mobility scooter. They've got an oxygen tank. They're diabetic. They haven't seen their penis in 40 years. At what point did they wake up and say, you know what, let's go to Vegas because I feel lucky. <laughs> Holy shit, is that from your act? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh I just want to say RIP to Marianne Williamson's presidential campaign. Did she drop out? I know she didn't drop out. She laid off her staff, but she has oh, not officially okay. withdrawn from the race yet. Okay. I like so, her. I uh I will say Ameri if if American politics is going to be a reality show, we need more Marianne Williamsons. We do. You know, she works with crystals. Mm -hmm. uh, Joe Biden and Bernie have actual crystal, crystals in their urinary tract. Right. That's from my she, act from well, 1943. Boy. She works with crystals, but Biden and Bernie are fossils. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because the, Hang on. they're mineral developments on the. Yeah. <laughs> no, Vegas uh, during Christmas. I should warn your listeners I'm not very funny today. Well, I have a cold, and I refuse okay. to take medication for my cold. Good for you, man. This shit's just going to hurt your kidneys and liver. Yeah, yeah. So you're talking about Vegas. I'm sorry I interrupted, but I just wanted to warn your listeners I'm, I'm not 100% today. The Excalibur is kind of interesting. They, in the 90s, thought... Hey, Disneyland is selling out. Right. Universal Theme Park is selling out. Why don't we have a casino that's geared towards families? So the Excalibur was set up to be kind of like a Disneyland for Vegas where families could come and lose their college education fund. Well, it's like circus, circus, right? Like, mm -hmm. they, you know, it's like we'll, we'll have something to keep the kids distracted. While their parents go out and lose their homes. Yeah, and it's really interesting to watch and grotesque and immoral at the same time. You see right. these families, because I, I, I've worked the Excalibur for years, not anymore. But you would see these families, nobody's smiling, nobody's having a good time. The parents are pissed off because they're losing money. Yeah. And, and I don't... I don't gamble. That's the thing. I, I won some money on a sports book uh, a month ago, just betting against the Giants. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I saw Dean Martin on The Tonight Show once, and he was, you know, Johnny was asking him if he was going to gamble while he was in Vegas. And he said, look, I'm the son of a croupier. Uh, I can tell you the tables are not there to be beat. That's correct. And if you spend as much time as I have in a casino uh -huh. working, you end up eating with the croupiers and the blackjack dealers in the cafeteria, and you talk to them and you meet them. 
And after a while, you learn this is, you know, why would I possibly be interested in gambling? It's so right. sick. It's so mm. wrong. And and I think the lottery and the the readily available casinos now, you can just go to indie casinos now. Every, they're all over the country. It uh, it destroys the moral fabric of our nation. I I agree. I think but... gambling. I think gambling is a sin. I know people are going to get really upset that I say that. But I think it's sinful to gamble when there's Here's so the many thing. prostitutes and <laughs> drug dealers who need to make. I rather, I honestly, I rather see somebody. You know, at least, at least if you're smoking dope or doing right. an illegal narcotic, at least you're feeling good. Here's here's the thing, my friends. I'm going to go back to Vegas in about a month or so. Because uh, my friend said there's like these $50 poker tournaments at the Excalibur. And they said you can play poker for a couple hours with people. And that I would do because I know I can afford to lose $50, right? Like to me, it's it's worth the $50 to have a good time for a couple of hours because I've spent more money. But it's it's the problem comes when you start spending money you just don't have or you can't afford to lose or you're spending money that could be spent more productively the money that you spend i mean they discover this when they legalize gambling in new jersey in atlantic city they always uh -huh. promise it would be a boon to the economy but it isn't the money just gets sucked up into the casinos right and there's like this line, this demarcation between the casinos and the rest of Atlantic City, and Atlantic City remains poor, and the casinos claim poverty, but they have their own accounting, that money doesn't circulate. Well, you it's, know, the bad. Only casinos, it's bad. The only casinos uh, that are ever bankrupted, really, are when they're run by uh, terrific genius businessmen like the President of the United States. That's the only time you'll ever see a casino go out of business. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how bad you have to be a business to bankrupt a casino in Atlantic City? You're unlucky. Like they, they, You're literally, unlucky. <laughs> they literally bust old ladies into Atlantic City to lose money. Yeah, yeah. Like, literally, they have free buses that take these old ladies so they can lose their Social Security checks at the at the slot machines. Well, the, the new business model, when they got the mafia out of... The casino business, supposedly. Uh -huh. the, the new business model is for the casinos not to make money. They make their money in ancillary projects like construction. Right. That's, why, that's why the casinos are always building. <laughs> because they, you know, businesses that are not controlled by the mob, like construction. Like construction. <laughs> the, the uh, the and the companies that serve that service the casino so the the laundry service right. that's where the money is the food that gets delivered to the casino that's where they make their money so the right. casinos are actually a shell and they don't make money they don't make money on the gambling anymore it's too tightly regulated well, uh, I'll tell you what. I don't gamble. I don't whore. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't go to strip clubs. And yet I love Las Vegas. So figure that one out. Okay. 
Well, Merry Christmas. And what, and what did you tell me what you did to uh, celebrate New Year's? And I was just so bored by your answer. Was that? No, no, no. We haven't talked. I was, you know, Mike Rotman? Mike Rotman, the manager? Com- comedy writer. The comedy writer? And now he manages a bunch of, uh, yeah, he's a comedy writer. Now he manages a bunch of, uh, vacation homes in Big Bear also. Does he, hang on. He, he has these vacation homes. I think they're either in Lake Arrowhead or is it Big Bear that he has these? I literally just said Big Bear. Yeah, Big Bear. He has like these homes in Big Bear. So you went to Big Bear for uh, New Year's? I wish. I went to his home in, uh, Hollywood, in, uh, you know, the valley. Uh, he had a little get together there and I just, uh, hung out for a few hours and rung in the New Year and then got the hell home. Did you drink? No. Drink. Okay. When was your last AA meeting? My last AA meeting was on what is today? Thursday. It was this morning. It was this morning. Wow. <laughs> now you have a sponsor. I do not have a sponsor right now. Oh, that's right. Casper mattresses dropped you. Oh, David. <laughs> you do, what happened? You don't have a sponsor. No. Are you sponsoring sponsor. anybody? I am sponsoring somebody, but I warned him I don't have a sponsor. Wait, I thought you sponsor each other. No, you sponsor someone, you take someone through the steps who's who's like newer to AA and, uh, you know, needs help. And what do you charge him for that? Well, I charge him a buck 25 an hour. Okay. No, you don't charge anybody for for that. So what's in it for you? You give the gift that was freely given to you. I will be honest with you, David. It is a pain in the ass. I hate doing it. I always say yes if someone asks me, but I don't think I'm very good at it. So, like, he can call you at four in the morning and say, I'm on a bender. Come get me. He can call me at four in the morning. I will be fast asleep. Uh, But if he if he is in trouble, he can call or text me and I'll I'll come get him. Well, why don't we do that? That sounds like a great trip to, like, Northern California. You and I, you get a sponsor. We go to Northern huh? California. We go to the Napa. We go to Napa. And right. then you call your sponsor and say, yeah, I'm on a bender in Napa. Come and get me. We save all this money on, on transportation. That's, that's a Mark Brazil joke. Is it really? Yeah, you're, you're treading on Mark Brazil's territory. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. Fucking better watch out, man. Okay. I'll kick your ass. I, yeah. Well, that's very sweet that you're, you're sponsoring a guy. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if it's sweet. Like I said, it's not something I enjoy doing. But How I, old I, is he? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think I want to talk about who this guy is or what his situation Come on. is. No, 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 no. That's, that's not good. Oh, because it's anonymous? Yeah. Because, you know, I only talk about guys who have written books or elaborate stand-up routines about their about their anonym, anonymity. Do you ever have a female that you sponsored? No, no. Because, uh, you know, the thing is, David, I have a certain sexual magnetism. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for women to be alone with me for too long without wanting to have sex with me. So it's not right to have sex with someone who's, like, trying to get their life together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now, there, there are complaints about AA that it's a patriarchy. 
Oh, that, that, uh, yes, that, uh, you're talking about that op-ed in the New York Times. Yeah. The, the lady who was basically pitching her own version called hip sobriety. Right. Uh, and her whole thing is like, uh, women in, in society have already been taught to let go and humble themselves. So why do they need to be taught that in, uh, you know, in sobriety also? But the thing is, like, if you're if you're saying, I know better than a 75 year old program after four months of my own sobriety, you have a lot of humbling to do. You have a lot of ego to explore and dismantle. Mm hmm. Uh, now, I believe that women I mean, might have it's like women would have a. In AA, there's a lot of mouthy broads like that, though. Oh, so I don't understand on. the come patriarchy. On. I don't understand the whole patriarchy complaint. Just a mouthy broad who can't keep her mouth shut. A mouthy you know? broad. Come on now, Liam. I think women might have a problem with the 12-step program because I believe one of the steps, as I remember, is admitting you were wrong. Taking, per <laughs> taking personal inventory, as I remember, and then actually making calls and saying, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I yeah, think that I, that that's patri patriarchal. I don't think I, too many women are capable of doing that. I have to say, when I had to start doing that, I was really nervous about contacting ex-girlfriends and apologizing because uh, I thought they would be mad, but it turns out women love being apologized to. Turns out the one number one thing women love is hearing someone, a man, say they're sorry, especially when it isn't entirely his fault, but he's not allowed to say that. Yeah. I, 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 I have actually, they I, I have met women who are capable, capable of admitting they're wrong. Uh -huh. Like, like I'm sorry I went out with you. We're done. I was right. No, but I have since met some women who have no problem saying, right. hey, I, I was wrong. I made a mistake. But there have been a couple of women in my life who uh -huh. just congenitally unable to admit that they made a mistake. So, it was phenomenal. So is this why... You had to wait until your girlfriend was out of the apartment before you could start recording? Because <laughs> you were planning to say stuff like this? You're, you're trying to get me in trouble with somebody who doesn't <laughs> exist. This is how how sick you are. Uh, you were, no wonder you were like, oh, I got to wait till she's in her Uber before I can start recording. I don't know what you... Are you sure you don't want to like make sure she's out of the state before you get it? Go and describe her body for me, just so. What, what, what do you have me? What, what am I dating? Give me this fantasy. Well, she's a, she's around your age, so. Oh, you said that already. Let, let's okay. let's let's make it more exotic. Okay. Give me an exotic fantasy. Wait, you want an Asian girlfriend? Yeah, sure. That sounds good. I don't, I don't think you have the self esteem to date an Asian girl. <laughs> Wait, wait, the self-esteem or lack of self-esteem? I think I think you're stuck with Jews because you don't have the self-esteem to date better. In this day and age, those jokes don't fly anymore. Oh, David, I can say that because my mom's Jewish. 
and I was raised by Jews, and they actually ruined my life. So I no, can make no, Jews no, 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 no. First of all, you were raised by Buddhists. Well, yeah, but my I went to a lot of Yom Kippur and Passover dinners. No, no, the, the anti-Semitism. We're t- we're taking a moratorium on the anti-Semitic jokes until Trump leaves office. There's just oh. been too much stuff going on. <laughs> Those jokes, it's a dangerous time, Liam. But you're seven or eight stabbings in a 24-hour period, and suddenly you're afraid there's anti-Semitism in this country? Not a good time to be a protected class in America or the world. Not a good time to be an Arab, a woman, a member of the LGBTQ community, Hispanic, Mm. Jewish. Right. Not a good time. But you got to laugh. If you don't laugh, you'll go crazy. Yeah, but sometimes laughing makes it okay. Like, the problem with laughter is it eases the pain when Uh it's better to ease the pain by eradicating the source of it. Well, you're never going to eradicate anti-Semitism, unfortunately. As long as I'm alive. (laughs) But I used to be really mad, and people told me I was, like, too sensitive. But I would there used to be a magazine called Heeb. Yes. And I was like, that's no good. But it was published like, by Jewish people. Right, but I was like, just because you're self-loathing doesn't make it okay for other people to say the word Heeb. Well, it's kind of like the N-word. Well, yeah, but it's like... Where, where, and by that I mean only black people can say it. <laughs> Heeb, no. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like when you when you normalize a word like heeb like that. See, to me, that was more offensive than a joke, because that was just that was just like a like, hey, you know what? It's okay to say this word. They're owning the word, but and you know, Jews, the they, like they were to, giving it away. Do you 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 not you don't want to do the owning everything? Joke. All right, you can't have it both ways. You can't yell at me when I make that joke. And then they see yourself. Okay. The the danger, here's the thing. We talked about this on Tuesday's show. Uh-huh. The idea of Jews being really smart or good with money or powerful, people, when they throw that at Jews, saying it's a compliment. Right. It's dangerous to perpetuate that stereotype because, right. it, it, because it portrays Jews as these superhumans capable of affecting weather. Right. And behind all the conspiracy theories. That's the problem. So when somebody says, well, what's wrong with saying Jews are smart or they're good with money or they work hard? It feeds into that narrative that Jews control the world. Well, I don't believe that. You don't believe it, but enough people do. Well, you know what the problem is, David? Here's the thing. I agree. Anti-Semitism has no place in 2019. Jewish stereotypes. 2019? Like what about two, What about 2020? 2020, right? Yeah. You know, like Jewish stereotypes like the stingy Jew or the cheap Jew, right? No place in a modern world. And yet the Jews celebrate Hanukkah, which is a holiday commemorating the time that they made oil last a little longer than they thought it would. Like they were, you know, they were like, you know how expensive oil is, but we actually managed to save money on our heating for like eight days. Come on. I've got a cold. And then they eat, they eat, they literally eat 
chocolate money. They literally eat money. Yes. <laughs> and then you're like, you're like, okay, well, we're going to light eight pots of oil, right? Oh, no, no, no that's too expensive. We're okay. going to light these cheap can birthday candles. Well, <sighs> I don't want to get into this. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> These are very frightening times, Liam. Well, look, Australia's on fire. Yeah. Right? The, uh, unless, unless drastic You know why? Because <laughs> a bunch of Jews didn't want to spring for a menorah. They figured it would be cheaper just to light Australia on fire for Hanukkah. No, it's because the Israeli weather control machine got oh, turned right. off. Oh, right. I forgot. Yeah. No, no, no. It's because people don't want to take action on the climate, right? So, like, we're in big trouble. We're in big trouble. You got to laugh, David. Cause, uh... No, you can't laugh because laughter eases the pain, and the pain should not be eased by laughter. It should be eased by attacking the source of the pain. Well, That is want... the problem. That is the problem with comedy. People think it's healing, but it perpetuates. Comedy perpetuates the pain. Well, if the people listening at home want comedy that doesn't make them laugh, David Feldman's half-hour special is on Daily Motion. Is it on I Daily Motion? It is. Oh. And the bucks come rolling in. This one comes to us <laughs> from Gus. You signed you signed a release saying that Comedy Central gets all the money anyways. What the, yeah. What yeah. the hell? They bought you out for 15 grand. Do you know that I taped my special that night with Daniel Tosh and Jeff Dunham? Wow. wow. And I remember thinking, well, I had the best set. Of the three of us, I killed. Right. My future is set in stone. And theirs right. isn't. Three years later, guess who's still a effing comedy writer? This next question comes to us. <laughs> All right, next. Well, you know what? What Tosh and Dunham did was they were funny. Oh, they were really right. good at comedy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this first question comes to us from Gus. Now, as I have told you. Once a week, Liam comes on the show and answers listener questions. And if you have any questions, go to davidfeldmanshow.com. You'll see an Ask Me Anything button. Click on that, and we'll answer your questions. So this one comes to us from Gus. He is listening to us in San Francisco. His Zodiac sign is spare change. Dave, he calls me Dave, please forward my message to David Bacon, because I would like to offer him several million dollars. David Bacon, citizen journalist. Yes. I would like to offer him. Which means he's unemployed. I w actually, he makes a lot of money uh, dealing ephemera. What's that mean? Ephemera, it, it's paper. Cash I didn't know what ephemera. Cash? No, it's ephemera. It's paper with markings on it, writing that okay. people trade. You know, like not necessarily autographs. Like, no, no, something like, you know, uh, a racist note that Ty Cobb wrote to Jackie Robinson. That would be okay. ephemera. And, and, and by that. the way, there's a revisionist theory that Ty Cobb 
was not as racist as people said he was. Well, uh, yeah, he was. <laughs> okay. Dave, uh, I would like to offer David Bacon several million dollars to start our podcast business. I'm prepared to compensate you with a generous finder's fee in the form of a McDonald's gift card. Remember what Colbert did to Stewart? It's already happening, Dave. It's already happening. Yeah, David Bacon is really uh, taking off on this show. So that's good. Does that make you jealous? Uh, I would be more jealous if there were enough listeners that it would affect his career in any way. All right. This next question comes to us from I'm Ed- not jealous. That's, that's fantastic. Congratulations, David Bacon. Yeah. Edward, he's a Gemini, and he comes to us from OC. I would assume that's... Uh, Original Connecticut. Yes. Uh, so we had Dr. Jay Sute on... Uh, last week, and he was complaining about being a pediatrician and the the pressures he's under. He says, I heard your interview with the pediatrician. To me, it sounds like the system worked. He got the medications he needed after going through the process. I noticed your guest did not respond to your question. Would he have gotten better treatment in another country? If doctors and patients do not have to go Through the process, doctors will be writing scripts to get kickbacks from pharmaceutical companies for these super expensive drugs. Cheers, Ed. Well, you probably didn't hear this, but Ed is writing about Dr. Jay Sute, who was a pediatrician and had a patient about a, I think, five-year-old kid who suffered from extreme dwarfism, and the insurance company wouldn't give the kid a drug that the kid needed during the winter. Not even a little dose? Very funny. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You're, uh, you always amaze me. No, no, that was great. I'm going to (laughs) pretend that I'm offended, but that was great. That's why I have you on the show. Liam, now let me pretend to be mad at you. Okay, go ahead. Uh, This one comes to us from Sugar. Her zodiac sign is middle finger. She's located in not Florida. Uh, Her question is about someone in 2019 who doesn't own a smartphone. Are you extremely poor, earning less than a housekeeper or landscaper, or do you just want to be weird? I'm there are people. About, this is, so this woman is asking if you don't have a smartphone, right? Does that mean you're extremely poor, or you're just trying to be weird? I, I I am thinking I have to get a new phone soon, and I'm thinking about downgrading to a flip phone. Okay. I mean, part of, part of it is I have an iPad, so like you know I don't necessarily need a smartphone. But the other thing is I'm just thinking if. If you if you can't reach me by phone or text or email, then maybe uh, I don't need to hear from you so quickly. Like, why am I carrying this thing in my pocket that distracts me endlessly? Yeah, it makes my life worse. I think you may be right because poor people can have iPhones. Like the like you know the government is literally giving uh, smartphones to the homeless. Stop it. No, it's true. It's a lie. The Obama phone, it's a racist lie. I didn't say anything about Obama. I mean, there's literally a sign-up 
desk at the central branch of the L.A. Public Library where if you don't have a phone, you can go and get a phone from them. All right. This, we're, we have three more minutes, and then i got to wrap this up. What? Uh, yeah, I have another guest. Okay. This is from Senor Brainwash. Senor Brainwash. Classic right, uh, listener questions. Yeah. Uh, his zodiac sign is starts with an A and rhymes with Reese. Aries. He's from Silicon Valley. He says, Bernie or nothing. That's... I have... He says, I still have feelings for a longtime friend of mine who has since gotten married, maybe in another life. Why is it that supporters of Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew Yang happen to be some of the biggest douchebags around? (laughs) Well, I I don't know. I'm not going to comment on that. I'm going to move on because we're short on time. Uh, This comes to us from uh, Leonard. He's a Virgo from Nevada. Hi, guys. Love the show. Last year, Howie Klein gave a, gave a list of freshman congressmen who took money in January of 2019. I know it's a busy time and the holidays, but maybe he can report an updated list or tell us where to find that information. That's a good question. I will pass that along to Mr. Klein. Uh, this next question comes to us from Noser's friend, Noser's brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I saw in your latest episode, citizen journalist David Bacon showering praises at Tulsi Gabbard. I agree with her position on Julian Assange. No one in American media is asking her about her position on the current situation in Kashmir and recently passed citizenship amendment bill in India, National Registry of Citizenship and Crackdown of Student Protesters. As she adores authoritarian leader Prime Minister Modi, we like to know her latest position on these issues. Good question. It was only Bernie and Elizabeth who supported the latest motion by Pramila Jayapal about Kashmir's situation. Her hesitancy to speak against Indian authoritarian Prime Minister Modi makes me question her posture as a progressive. He's talking about Tulsi. All other Indian Origin members such as Rokana, Pramila Jayapal, voiced their protest against the latest draconian bill. Modi is already making detention camps for whom he will deny citizenship. Yes, and that's undercovered on this show. We need to talk more about what's going on in India. Thank you, Yasser. Uh, then he also sent me a video of Harvard justifying the financial crisis and let's see uh i think we're gonna wrap it up all right there was one question for you that i seem to have lost is this it yeah i lost it i'll find it for next week if you have any questions you would like liam or i to answer Liam, if you would like me to answer, Liam or me to answer, go to davidfeldmanshow.com and hit the Ask Me Anything button, and we will answer your questions. Liam McEnany can be followed on Twitter by going to Twitter and typing in, hey, it's Liam. The name of his comedy CD is Working Class Fancy, and his podcast is Tell Your Friends. 
That's right. And uh, you know what? Come February 25th, I'm doing Wendy Liebman's show at Vitello's in uh, in Studio City. Yes. And uh, that's uh, Robert Blake will kill Robert your wife. Blake. If you first three people, if you come early for the early bird special, he'll kill your wife what? at Vitello's. Stand in line for one for- second. All right. Okay, buddy.